Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Purple Noon, a podcast. We have episode 40. 40! Can you believe that? 40? Wow. Wow. We're so old. 10 more episodes. It's our big 50. We got to figure out what we're going to do to that. I know. I know. We'll plan something. We'll plan something special. Well, we got it. But I am here with the pooper to my Brody. Very, very, very niche little phrase. (gasps) Savannah Lanause. Hey, everybody. Hello. Are you okay? Yeah. That was so, like, hi, guys. I'm here. So I've been watching these little meditation, listening to these little meditation videos um, for my nap. And I just, I like the way they speak, so I thought I'd try it out. You mean ASMR? Kind of. Like when, all right, so it's this app. I forgot what it's called already, but. Is it like Quiet or like the Calm app or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's the Calm app. And they- is Are you getting read to at night by Harry Styles? Is yeah, that what this is culminating up? <laughs> yeah, but like most of them, there's also this one person. It's, he's not famous or anything, but he has this very smooth. They all talk like this. And it's very nice. It's very calming. Very like soothing. It's good nap. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I've been like, everyone thinks I'm insane. I've never met a person. I've never, I, I've never seen two pretty best friends. I have never <laughs> seen, um, I have never seen, like, known anyone else who listens to ASMR like me. Like, I feel like it's a dirty little secret that I have. Like, of course, my, my friend, like, you know, and like my friends, my boyfriend know and stuff like that, but I don't actively get to talk about it. I feel like it's just like, oh, that's cool that you're into it, but keep that shit in the closet, you know? Why? <laughs> no one understands it. It's because, okay, so I've been listening to ASMR for 10 years. I feel like it's this weird thing no one knows about me where it's like I have been programmed to where when I go to sleep at night, I can't fall asleep unless like it's become like normally ASMR and all those things are supposed to help you get to sleep. I now cannot function into a proper sleep without it. Are you just like used like you need it now? Yeah, I think I formed a dependency on it. I could understand that though. I could. So, yeah, so I just, I've been listening to it for 10 years. And occasionally, if you go on YouTube and check out the Purple Noon playlist, you'll see that I've accidentally added in an ASMR video occasionally because I (laughs) added it in the wrong playlist. But hey, like, if you guys are having trouble, like, falling asleep or even, like, taking a nap, like, it really helps. Yeah, not all of it is sexual. Oh. Oh, you haven't gotten to that side, haven't you? I was, Wow. No, like there's a big stigma like where people are like, oh, because there's a lot of e-girls who just lick microphones. That is not my thing. I like a good honest snooze. You know, it's funny because I came to this conversation very honest, just very innocent. Like, oh, I I like little stories before bed. And then I find out people are licking microphones. Yeah, like if you literally look up like there's like – it really is not like I just I just need like my favorite is this Russian woman that's like go to sleep I'm like (laughs) oh like I knock out (laughs) I just I knock out instantly but there's so many girls who go online and guys too oh my god the guys when they do it it's weird I will watch it just to cringe at sometimes because they're so perverted sometimes it's really just so gross like 
it, it's something not my thing. Definitely not my thing for sure. Yeah, we're we're not about that. Just just no, no, no. We're pure. We're 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 Puritans. Bedtime stories. That's what we're looking for. Bedtime snores. Russian ladies going go to sleep, my little matruska, and like <laughs> things like that. <laughs> That's it. That's all I need. But yeah, there's a dark side of ASMR. Maybe we'll have to. T- we'll form a whole separate podcast and dive into that. We'll just the talk about part. it. Okay. Because it really well, it's also like you have you ever seen those weird eating videos? Okay. Where it's I, like I do know that. I have seen like those videos. I don't find them I don't understand why they're so popular because it's just like I can't. No, like I can't watch someone eat. Like it just makes me hungry or also creeped out if like you know, like the one where like the, the YouTuber was eating like a live octopus. I heard of it. I have and it was just sucking on her face as she's eating. I can't. Ugh. Oh, God. That was awful. I hate that imagery in my head. It's so gross. So, so gross. Yeah. Oh, yikes. I, I just, I listened listen to my little, my little, my little Russian lady sing me to her. sleep. What was that? You should name her. Oh, her name is Maria Whispers. <laughs> No, I'm sorry. Her name is Maria. Her her username is Gentle Whisperings. Ten out of ten recommend. That's that's so cute. Very pure, very beautiful woman. I love her. She's great. She seems very sweet. I'm sure. I'm sure. So yeah. So that's a little <laughs> welcome to my uh, ASMR beginners course. <laughs> go to the sweet Russian ladies. Do not go to the e girls who are just gross like look to each their own get that coin you know but it's at a point where i'm like maybe you should be putting this on like only fans or something like that it's really like some of them are just the world yuck. is getting it to a bad place yeah there are some really funny ones though like there's some like there's one girl named and her username is just angelica but one of the best videos that she's ever made, and I think it's her most popular, is literally you dying from the plague in like the 16th. This is a role play. It's you dying from the plague in like the 1500s. And she's like a, a nun going to like, like, pa- like bless you as you die. What? And she is like, it's so weird. It's not meant to like be like serious or anything. It's so weird. Like she's like, oh. You are sick. Give me money so you can go to heaven. Like it's very That's weird. So weird. It's very weird, but she's made bank on videos like that. She's also done like ones where it's like like I'm like a, a random stranger talking to you in the backseat of your car. And it's just her. Like, like it's so weird. It was so funny and highly entertaining. Wow. The world of this, the world of uh all that. Yeah, ASMR. So yeah, uh, I w- recommend Angelica if you want to laugh, or uh, Gentle Whisperings if you want to be uh, lulled to sleep by a very nice Russian lady. <laughs> but how have you been? How's everything going? Everything's good. Everything's good. I'm. Um, what ha- What am I watching right now? What am I watching? I am waiting for The Crown to come back on. In two or three more days. I'm really excited. Ooh, nice, nice. I just got the new <laughs> Xbox Series S, so I have been fiddling around with some games. How is it? Do you like it? 
Oh, 10 out of 10 recommend. Like, oh, like they really like nailed it. Like even like my boyfriend is a like a big PlayStation fan and he was like, you know, Xbox took this one. And you know what? If you got something to say about it, comment about it. Let's fight in the comments. (laughs) Because seriously, it was so I got the Series S, which is the all digital version. But it was so cool because I just downloaded an app, signed in. It's synced to the Xbox. And literally every digital game that I had downloaded on my other Xbox, my first one, transferred. With all the progress, too, which was insane. I was not expecting it because games that I haven't played for in two years downloaded to the last spot that I played it at. Beautiful. So I was like, oh, bellissima. But also I'm a little nervous because I want to get that new Call of Duty game. And Call of Duty literally just announced saying like, hey... We made our game really big. It's going to take up half of your hard drive. Whoa, okay. Yeah, they made a game that was 200 gigabytes. And the only, like, I think the the Xbox and the PlayStation cap out at 500 gigabytes. Oh, okay. That's- yeah, they really can't, they really, I, I don't know about that. Am I still going to download it? Hell yeah, but... <laughs> I might literally have to delete every other game on my console, though, in order to accommodate it. So did PlayStation also release something? Yeah, they came out with their PlayStation, PlayStation 5, but they really done goofed it, you know? I heard some of them were exploding. (laughs) Oh my god, what? I heard some of the new ones were setting on fire. See, I don't understand because also- Malfunction. I heard they're just not working. Okay, yeah, I did hear that a lot of people when they got theirs, because I did mine, uh, I did my Xbox as a pre-order. And so for the people who got the PlayStation pre-order, there was an issue where they were doing like the digital downloading that I did, but it took up too much storage at once. And it just made their PlayStation crash to a point where they have to like call up PlayStation or, you know, pretty much sign forms and, you know, pretty much contact someone and get a new PlayStation. Oh, that's that's rough that also it's a bulky thing like my like my xbox is tiny it's smaller than a textbook whereas the playstation looks like a shrine like it looks like an award to something and you i don't think you can place it like horizontally i think it can only like stand up tall i know paulo's lays flat is that i don't know if that makes sense yeah, because the original, like the 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 one before it lays flat too, because I have that one. But it seems like this one, the newest one, you can only place it vertically, which is awful if you have shelves. I see. Yeah. Because I think it's about a foot long, like when it stands tall. Okay. So a lot of people are not able to fit it. At least that's what I've heard. I have not seen anyone like place it horizontally. I know, I don't think you can do it if you have the disc drive, but Xbox for the win on this one. They really, really stepped it up. All right. All right. So yeah, if anyone is like, should I get the PlayStation or the Xbox? Get the Xbox, man. Get the Xbox, go digital, save the earth. We don't need any more plastic, those cases that, Oh my god. Like they literally GameStop will take the case that you bring in, throw it out and then replace the case. Like it's <laughs> so wasteful. Go digital. Xbox got the deals. You just need an Xbox Live Gold account and stuff and you'll get the digital coupons. It's fine. It's fine. Xbox sponsor us. Oh my god, I would piss myself if I got an Xbox. 
like really not to like if any xbox official microsoft or taco bell taco bell did a promotion with xbox and was giving some xbox away look i will gladly do a full-fledged review on each xbox <laughs> i'm here call me i will support you thank you i appreciate that That's it. i can't but, really add anything else i'll just be like wow support my little gamer dreams um before we get into the review so there's uh two quickie things i wanted to talk about the first one being so we did a little research um yeah if you're listening to this on youtube why are you not subscribed 90 percent of the people who are watching the videos are not subscribed wow well, for what why? you guys like us you guys are listening Bro, it's free it's free. it's free. It helps us. So please help us out. If you are not subscribed, please subscribe. Turn off. If you don't want to see us pop up in your feed, that's okay. Turn off your notifications for us. Just subscribe. Please. That's all. And then also, if you're like, wow, I really like Purple Moon. How could I help? Well, here's your opportunity. There is on our Patreon a limited time offer where there are $31 spots. And what does that $1 spots mean? Um, well, typically our $5 uh, little range gets you a shout out on the show. But for right now, and to kind of help speed things up and get, because, you know, bills are coming in. Bills for Purple Moon are coming in <laughs> left and right. Um, so, too, if you want to help us alleviate some of those things, and I literally mean bills for Purple Noon, yeah, like we website bills, have- Netflix, all subscriptions, things like that. Yeah. If you would like to help us out so we can keep maintaining this and stuff like that, because I think it does, like, if you, if we were to really, like, put it on paper, I think it does cost, like, close to $500 to maintain but that's neither here nor there so we have 31 dollars spots available and that one dollar spot you pay a dollar a month and you get a shout out every single episode as long as you have that tier you get if you're one of the first 30 people to do that you get that tier for life as long as you keep uh coughing up your moolah <laughs> that's such an awful way to phrase it <laughs> 12 bucks a year you spend more on that on coffee oh my god i can make a frappuccino at starbucks that'll cost more than your house (laughs) (laughs) sorry i'm having a lot of caffeine right now and it's like 10 o'clock at night but yeah like no like that's like that's like a starbucks for you and your friend or just for you if you really pile on the espressos in that venti frappuccino i know the inflation rate of starbucks way too much he has a gold card Uh, why does that okay okay fine you really want to put me on blast for that i'll explain yes when a few years ago when i signed up for starbucks and i made the gold member whatever it was i got a card a personal card that had my name on it and yes do i use it yes but everyone kind of missed out on the boat it wasn't just a thing for me it wasn't just like thanks stephanie for spending like a thousand dollars a year on us wait what you spent a thousand dollars a year that's neither here nor there no not anymore i did in college though i mean i am in college now but i did <laughs> sophomore okay, no, year. Okay. i spent a lot during quarantine on starbucks i understand in the beginning because i was finessing them i, I was going into that. college no they, i'm not allowed to do that anymore and i i stopped doing once they told me to stop it so but i didn't get banned because i was going in with a pink drink right i would walk in in the morning and then i would leave and i would come in later when i was done with class and be like refill please what yeah and it worked for i not anymore because of me i was coming in the afternoon and i was going hey i was here this morning can i have a refill they were like you can only get a refill if you don't leave and i was like oh i'm sorry (laughs) stephanie 
So yeah, um, I was yeah finessing them. Well, but I mean, come on, they knew I was finessing them. Them college kids were helping out other college kids, you know. I mean, either way, I, I they had to. I paid for one drink. They had to. They had to literally stop you. Either way. It wasn't that they had to stop me. It was that they had to inform me. You cannot do this. Of my crimes. <laughs> Bro, I was literally because they were like, oh, we do refills. But they didn't specify that you could not. Because I like I had my little thing that showed proof of purchase. Right. They just thought I was chilling in the store for like hours. When I was just going to school. Well, guys. Well, don't do that now because it does not help the economy and we need it now more than ever. But I shouldn't be talking about politics. What I should be talking about is movies. <laughs> so I will start and I will introduce the first movie. What a segue going from <laughs> the economy into movies. Um, so the first movie. So we're going to actually be diving pretty much this entire month into uh, Spielberg's Spielberg movies, man, I am so tired, but we're gonna keep chugging along. It's fine, it's um, fine. We're I gonna keep. Question. What? To start off, I have a question. For you. Oh, ask. Oh no! Continue with your introduction, though, because I realized you were still talking. So no, 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 no. Go ahead and. Spielberg. It's about the man. Ask me about Spielberg. Okay, so he obviously has a very impressive portfolio. And most people that don't even know movies know who Spielberg is. Now, of course. From from your point of view, do you think, as a director, he has the most impressive portfolio and equivalently making him one of the best directors? What do you think of that? No. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. I'm not, like, I'm, look. I don't have an opinion. I'm just asking because, like I said, he has such... He does have this star power that once you mention his name, everybody knows. Everybody can at least name one or two movies. I think it depends. There's different eras of Spielberg Agreed. that I approve of. And yeah. I think also, I think for me, like, I think Spielberg is a fantastic director. Do not oh. get me wrong. But like most directors and almost all directors, he has had a few, in my opinions, faux pas. Oh, no. He's little had, little mistakes here and there. He's had some flunkers. But he's had some great ones. I used to actually, fun fact, I used to, I used to say in high school, like everyone knew I had a mortal enemy. And it was Spielberg. To a point where like literally everyone knew like, because they, everyone would be like, don't fucking talk about Spielberg. Sorry, I curse. Don't talk about Spielberg in front of Stephanie. Because I never understood the hype at the time. I kind of get it now. But I still kind of have, the, like, that <laughs> aggression. Because it's like, why did he get all the good scripts? You know... Like, oh. Ed, there could have been so many good directors from the 80s onward, from the 70s onward, but it just seems like Spielberg hogged it all up. You know what I want to know in particular? What's up? Who gave him the color purple? And I'm not even judging. I just want to know how, like, I, I thought the same thing. I want to know how he got some of these films that 
maybe somebody else also could have gotten. And in particular, The Color Purple has always been like one of those movies that I'm like, you know, like, eh, that could have been gone to, to a lot of people. Um, but I agree with you in general. Like, I do feel like for some reason, he did get the majority of things, especially in the 80s. Yeah, and a lot of the things that he's accredited for being a writer for, he actually isn't the main writer. He just kind of adapts it. Which, look, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not I'm not trying to push Spielberg's button or anything. I just kind of want to ask, like, I think it was Warner Brothers who really, like, had him for years. Dude, you literally could have gotten so many good directors out there in the field to test out so many different things, and you gave it all to Spielberg. Like... And that's why, like, I think some of the directors today, some of the great directors today have been great directors for the past 30 years. It was because they just gave it to the three, Tarantino, Scorsese, and Spielberg. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. I, I could definitely, just just from, you know, if you noticed, a lot of his movies seem to be either back-to-back or only a few years apart. And most of those movies that are a few years apart or like, you know, you know what I mean? Are bangers. Yeah, like they really just gave him all the good stuff. And it's not like, and here's the thing. If he was the writer, the sole writer for all of this stuff, like everything he wrote was based off of his writings, I'd say, keep it going. Keep it going. But majority of his stuff is adapted. So that's why I'm like, you like, I think Spielberg is good. But you couldn't have given any other director a chance because you just gave everything to Spielberg. I am going to say my favorite Spielberg is like adventure, his adventure movies. So Jaws, Indiana Jones, E.T., Jurassic Park. That's it. I'm not saying any of his other movies are good. Obviously, Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan. But personally, I... I think that's where he shines. I'm going to get a lot of flack for that, but I really do think that's what we're No, not as much flack as me. I think Spielberg's worst films are his best films because I, Poltergeist. Poltergeist? Are you kidding me? Polter- that's the banger. Poltergeist is great. I've never like... Yeah, but like, here's the thing, like Poltergeist, look, you you have, you like, look, and I think Jurassic Park is great. I think Jurassic Park is great. Indiana Jones is great. Harrison Ford, come on. E.T. is great. Love E.T. But have y'all ever seen Poltergeist is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Poltergeist. Poltergeist 2. No, not Poltergeist number 2. Not that one. Not that one by any means. He wasn't responsible for that. But Poltergeist. And dare I say, no, nay, I will say, Artificial intelligence. We're not talking about artificial intelligence. We Do are you not-, not like artificial intelligence? You're not going to tell me it's better than E.T. and Jaws, though. Are you kidding me? It well, is. Well, what about, okay, because, all right, those are not even my favorite. My favorite is Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That is my favorite. Really? Richard Dreyfus. It's a weird one. Nobody likes that one. It is a weird one. Yeah. Like, it is a weird one. Like, and I I will put that in, like, the not so great of it. Like, he hasn't doesn't have a worse, you know? He does not have a worse part. But I will say that's in the not so his best 
portion. But I like the story. That's fair. That's like totally fair. Story. That's um, totally fair. So what do you think? Let's get into some other parts of his career. So what do you think about the films that he did? Like Catch Me If You Can. Um, what else am I thinking? Like the minority report. Things along those lines. Because that's that's a little different from what we're talking about. And I, you I know like those movies, but I, I don't I never thought they were like he peaked at Schindler's List and that Schindler's List Schindler's List and then that was it for me. You don't I haven't really I have I haven't really cared for a Spielberg film since. You and know he being... made Amistad? Is that how you say it? Armistad, Amistad. I could see that. Why did he direct why do they keep giving him these movies? Like I this don't is know. the color purple? Wait, hold on. He wrote Goonies? He wrote Goonies? He wrote Goonies! What? Like, well, wait, he didn't it, direct it. But he wrote it. I Yeah, it says writer. But did he direct it, though? He didn't direct Goonies? Wow, this changes a lot for me, then. <laughs> this changes a lot. This puts a lot of things. He directed Ready Player One? We don't talk. That's what I mean. Like, he kind of capped. Dude, like what okay was so bad i watched it that was Hold on. apologies apologies look so he capped out for me at ai that was his peak that was his you know his, his guad de voix, however you want to call it in french i just made that up that's not a real word um but then he did catch me if you can which look i love me some leo not a fan of a leo and spielberg collab just just not my thing i don't think it meshed well liked it i didn't think it was a bad movie i enjoyed it i liked the piece but then we go to war of the worlds stephanie no that that for me we don't talk about that we do not talk about and then we went a little deep down further into crevasse and we have indiana jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull i forgot about that i forgot that was a thing and then we went to adventures of tintin (laughs) we went up a little bit with warhorse I didn't see Warhorse. I didn't want to see Warhorse. But then, like, okay, but here's the thing. He went from, like, doing, like, more modern stuff to then he was just, like, let's regress into the 1800s. And then did Warhorse, Lincoln, and Bridge of Spies. Oh, I forgot he did Lincoln. I, I, I never watched it. No, me neither. I heard, uh, who was it? Daniel Day-Lewis? I heard he did a good job. Like, I think also, like... There's only so much you can take from one director. You know? You know? Like But then I think that's what I mean about like the sweet spots. Like for like I said, I have my sweet spot is like the adventure ones, Jaws, E.T., Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park, my favorites. Awesome. Your sweet mm-hmm. spot seems just to be poltergeist and AI. <laughs> and that's cool. Uh, so I feel like he's one of those directors where like, oh, you like him for an era. But And you know what I think, too? I think maybe what I'm also realizing is his style of directing is very repetitive, in my opinion. You can tell when you're watching a Spielberg film. And sometimes I'm like that. Sometimes I'm like, what? You want to change it up. I see. I want to change it up. Like, okay, like someone like Tarantino, who has a far less, a far, far, far less filmography 
his films come out every few years, you know? So you're like, okay, like I get, I get my little Tarantino fix here and there. Spielberg's been banging bangers since like for the past 30 years. I can't keep up with them. So it's like, oh, you want to see another, like, it's always going to be like, oh, you want to see another Spielberg film? It's going to be good because we know his record. It's like, give me some more spontaneity, you know? Give me some more, like, AI was like an experiment. Like, AI, whoa, like, that was different. I get what you're Poltergeist, talking. out of all of his films, Poltergeist seems like it's a wild the film card. he wouldn't make. It's a wild card, for sure. It's a wild card, but I like it when he's daring. I don't like it when he's playing Spielberg safe. Have you seen Empire of the Sun? I have the DVD. I have never seen it. With Baby Bale? Baby Bale. Baby Christian Bale? I have not seen that. How have I seen Newsies and I haven't seen Empire of the Sun? Are you saying that he made Newsies? No, no. I'm just talking about Christian Bale. Oh. Baby Christian Bale's in it and Baby Christian Bale's in Newsies. Oh. You know. Bale, little baby Bale. Anyways. Yeah, so he definitely, I, I agree with you. He has a very standard way. You he know what I think it is? I, I'm realizing I'm realizing another pattern. I like his films that he writes himself. He wrote okay. Poltergeist. He wrote AI. I see. So I think I like him. I think he's a stronger director when he has completely written what he's directing. I I get what you're saying. Okay. I totally feel that because he wrote, yep, he wrote Poltergeist. Wait a minute. He didn't direct it. I'm confused. What do you mean? He didn't direct Poltergeist. Wow, this changes a lot. Wow. <laughs> I've that five times. Oh, okay. Oh God! Oh no, God! Hold on, wait. Did he direct AI? Are you? Is this where I realize I'm not a fan of his? Tell me, you directed AI? Come on, yeah, you directed AI. But he didn't direct Poltergeist. He didn't direct Poltergeist. But wow. he wrote it. But that he wrote cha- it. That changes a lot. That really that puts a lot into perspective. As yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I'm confused. I don't know where I stand now. I'm very, I'm lost. I'm very lost in the, the Spielberg world. I really, I, I have to take everything, every comment that I've said, I, I now denounce because now I have to rethink my whole stance of Spielberg. My favorite Spielberg movie isn't even a Spielberg movie entirely. Wow. I've been cheated. This is a big blow for you, stuff. This is really a big blow because I would always be like my favorite Spielberg film, which is technically still a Spielberg film, but it's not fully because he's okay, a director. You could say it's a Spielberg film because he actually like wrote the story for it. I know, I know, but, but like, technically he didn't direct it, so it's mm, it's my favorite way. aspect about Poltergeist is the directing. Man, I feel bad, dude. Tobe Hopper, dude. I've been hailing Spielberg when it's been you. It's been you, Tobe, Toby. <laughs> Tobe, I don't know. It's T O B E. Well, all right. We gotta. We definitely have to. You're you're gonna. We have to definitely regroup your opinions on this. But luckily, while you do that, we could talk about his. What's the first thing we're talking about? Oh, his short film, his first film ever. Amblin. What'd you think of it? 
I thought it was interesting. Um, I like you could definitely see where, um, in the beginning and everything like that. Like, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're doing this all wrong. Sweet pea, you have to fully introduce the film. I'm sorry. Would you like to introduce it? Sure thing. I have I got no information on it. It's okay. It's it's late at night. We're a little goofed up. It's fine. So, Ambling came out in 1968. It is a 30-minute short film. Uh, you can find it available on YouTube. Um, and pretty much the tagline is, they were both wanderers, but to be more specific, hippies. And it stars Pamela McMyler and Richard Levin. And it was kind of like a student film. Like, it was, I believe it was the first film that um spielberg ever really made so i'm gonna bounce it back to you savannah what did you think of amblin i thought it was good in the sense where like well first of all it's a silent film you don't hear Mm -hmm. talking so i thought it was good in the sense where like you didn't actually really need the talking to understand what was going on like you know i i think he did a really good job at like giving the audience um like structure and then like like I for me when I was watching I was like okay like I actually do understand I feel things I could feel what the character is feeling so in that sense it's it's I I think he did a good job there but um other than that it was okay there's not a lot of substance I've always am super interested on seeing like where directors first started because I feel like it gives like such a fourth like a foresight into their careers, so I really like this, and you can really see where because I do think, and even though I'm I, I had to regress all my opinions, um, I do think Spielberg is a very good director. Oh, and yeah. one thing I noticed that I was really like pleased with is normally I you know me Savannah, I am someone who will stare at a movie and will scream on the top of my lungs, put it on a tripod. But his camera movements that he does has, and they're not on a tripod or anything, are very good. Like, it's a very good-looking film. And even when, like, he's very good at knowing when to use specific camera angles for specific time. Like, I can't stand, uh, and I, I do agree where I believe he does make solid action movies because they're not all shaky and stuff when they don't need to be. Like, right. for example, a movie like Jaws, which we will talk next, um, has needs that shakiness when you are in the water with the buoyancy and stuff like that. But even at times, even when they're on the boat, like they did a really good job with some scenes that are stable, but it would be so nauseating if like the entire time, like the camera was swaying from beginning to end. Um, But like, you can see here, like there was one really nice shot where pretty much like the, the two, like the little hippies, they go through like one area and they come out, but the camera is following them at like a specific Like he follows them at one point and then pivots and then follows them and follows them from behind, which I thought was really great camera work. And especially since he was 20 when he made this film, like that's like, I don't know, like, look, I don't know any directors who's making stuff of that high quality at that age. Yeah. Like normally directors and stuff don't peak until they're in their 30s, 35. That's when their name really starts getting out there. So it was very, very, um, I was very impressed. And also the name of it is the name of his production company, Amblin. That's cute. That's very, very cute. So there's not a lot. There's not a lot of substance. But I do think out of all of the director's first short films and stuff like that i do think this is like top tier and i do think you see like a great insight 
into Spielberg when he was first starting out and everything. And as someone who wants to be a director, I really appreciate seeing that stuff. Yeah, I I also think I don't know if he was in control of that, but like his the actors he picked were for what it was very good. Like I said like for not being able to speak, you did kind of understand like the feelings going on, the emotion. So I was kind of happy to see that at least because of, you know, not much structure other than that. But yeah, I agree. It was it was pretty good. Yeah, no, the actors were good too. And they were very, and I think he did a really good job in directing their uh, emotions and how they casted them and everything. And I've always think he's been, I've noticed in a lot of movies with directed by Spielberg um, that you'll see some of the best performances out of an actor with Spielberg. And I think what makes Spielberg great is even though I kind of low-key trash-talked him for a second, he does know really well how to work with actors and squeeze, like, the best performance out of them. Sure. Like, I mean, let's look at Schindler's List. Like, let's look at Craig T. Nelson in Poltergeist, even though he really didn't direct it. Oh, my God. <laughs> but just things like that. Like, I think, like, he's very – I think maybe – the reason why he was picked over and over and over again to work on these studio blockbusters was because it seems like not just he knows what he's doing, but he knows exactly what needs to come out, like, of all these actors and everything like that. And I think maybe, I mean, look, for as long as a career that he's had so far, people must love working with him. Yeah, no, I agree. Definitely. So what do you give Amblin? Seven and a half. Seven and a half? Okay. I'm going to give it a 7.2. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like All right. Um, would you like to introduce us to Jaws? Sure. Okay. Jaws came out in 1975. It's about, the summary is, when a killer shark unleashes chaos on a beach community, it's up to a local sheriff, a marine biologist, and an old seafarer, seafarer to hunt the beast down. Uh, it stars Roy Schneider, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfus, and Lorraine Gary. I want to make a statement about Jaws. Okay. I think the reason that it still holds up to this day, its success, and why it's still talked about, is because in what? In the 30, almost 40 years, well, actually 40 years this movie has been out, Mm-hmm. No one has been able to recreate the shark genre. And if you notice, I don't know about you, I have never seen a shark movie that is well done. You always got Sharknado, uh, yeah. Piranha 3D, <laughs> or Deep Blue Sea. Like, just trash. Like, straight up trash. Um, so I think that's where this movie stands alone, in particular, because... And why it's... Whole, it's a 40-something-year-old movie. 45 it, years old. Yeah, so... But it still holds up. Like, if you could watch this once a year, it still holds up. And I, I do think it's because for some reason, I don't know why, if, if this is just a one-time deal, but the shark genre just can't be replicated. Like, Jaws could never be replicated, even if even in the sequels. No, so I, I, I totally that. agree. I totally agree. And I really think, and once again, like, I think you are totally valid in saying that Spielberg's best – um best work is done in action and the reason why is because there if you compare all the action films today and compare it to all of spielberg's work all of them try to live up to spielberg's work 
his action movies, and they never match. Right. And I think the real reason why is because we live in a digital society, but there is something special about watching a movie like Jaws and seeing the actors actually react to what's in front of them as opposed to a green screen and actually being able to tangibly react to something. I think that makes for, because, you know, like even if it's not real, you cannot tell me that that animatronic is not scary as hell. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's so creepy. And I think that's what, it makes a movie like this stand out. It's also like why I think a movie like The Thing it also in horror stands out because they all used tangible uh, and, and and real special effects. And that makes such a huge impact that I feel like production companies today don't want to acknowledge. No, absolutely. And if you notice, like, the horror genre and the adventure genre has gone very downhill because of the use of CGI. And yes. people wonder why, like, Jaws, Indiana Jones, like, action movies hold up from the 90s and the 80s. It's because of what you're saying. And the reason things aren't, like, I'm sorry, but aren't so scary anymore, aren't so believable, is is because, like, even in 2020, we know it's a computer. We yeah. We know it's not real. Yeah. It, it just is what it is. So it, it's just such a different feeling, for sure. However, I do think that there is hope for technology to surpass that boundary. I don't know. Or do you watch The Mandalorian? I've seen a little bit, but I So The Mandalorian it. is a new pie. It, it, obviously, it's a, it's a show on Disney Plus, and it's based off the Star Wars series. And it's a, a derivative of the Star Wars series. Um, what is making headlines and what is making, and people are watching The Mandalorian, not only just because they're Star Wars fans like me. I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. I'm about to start watching The Mandalorian because of the pioneering science, like like the effects, special effects that they have done. Right. And I forgot the specific name, but think of like, uh, I think it's like the name like The Globe or The Circle or something like that. Where essentially the way, instead of putting actors in front of a green screen, they literally made a dome with thousands upon thousands upon thousands of TV screens that are all interactive. So when you see photos of the Mandalorian, they didn't shoot on location. They shot in a warehouse with this giant globe thing. But the thing is, and what's making this technology incredible, is that they are using a video game simulator slash generator to house it all. So when the person is walking around, you have someone with a controller pretty much essentially moving a character. Like, you know how you move a character in a video game and the scenery changes as you go left to right? mimicking the actor's movements so that way even though like they're walking in one direction the whole like background around them is changing with them as they're going so it all looks real right yes but that's also a great thing too because when like for example if a jaws movie and i'm not saying i'm not advocating for it if a jaws movie were to be remade do you know how scary it could be if, like, let's say someone is at the edge of the boat and that screen that I'm talking about is on the bottom and it has a 3D effect where it looks like it's really jumping out at the actor. All you would have to do is move that screen upward and that actor would be terrified, no less, because what they see is 
a giant screen in front of them that's taking up their entire field of vision and it makes it look like a real shark is jumping at them. Right. This is where, like, I think we're actually going to start seeing genuine horror, genuine, like, visual effects that work just as good as animatronics did. That's going to be really interesting to see once they start, like, expanding the genres. Like if that Yeah, because especially stuff. if it's not just a photo. If, like, because imagine if now we can actually use, like, now if we wanted to remake Jaws, we can do it with a real great white shark without actually harming it and getting PETA involved. Because all you would need to do is get video footage of that shark. Yeah. And then you can literally manipulate it to do anything. That's really crazy. I think you sent me a video from the- You gotta watch it. You, you got, it's, it. it's literally mind-boggling because it was so realistic to a point where when the actors, like when the producers and things like that walked onto the set and they were like, hey, wait, I thought you were going to do a background change. Like where's the, the there's our, our, the scene is not set. And they went one second and the whole background just changed instantly. Like, that's insane. Like, that is actually insane. And it's such a good technology that I'm hoping will be utilized for films like, 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 jo- like or you, you know, shark genre films and, and things like that, things that have gone lackluster due to technology. I totally agree. I think what you're describing is the future. I just think, like, if you have the money, do that. But if not, animatronics. Oh, 10 out of 10. I think the reason why production companies have stayed away from animatronics and stuff is because one, it can be very costly, especially if there's malfunctions. And two, I could see, you know, if maybe like during a Jaws film, someone got really injured while being an animatronic, it's all steel, you know, like I could see the reason why production companies would want to stay away because they don't want to see their actors. Oh, I mean, really, they don't want a lawsuit, but- but I could totally hear? see that. I just think in general, well, did you hear about Tenet that um, they blew up a real plane because it was too expensive to do it through CGI? Yep. So it's just, I think in general, not even with animatronics, but just in general, doing like real stunts, real explosives, it's going to be either way. I, I think that's so much better than doing CGI sometimes. And what you're describing is probably the way of the future. And and so what's great with that technology is because you can build sets around it. That's what they do on The Mandalorian. So like they'll put like, let's say they're in like a huge starship. They put all the backgrounds where you see all the little, you know, characters running through and through, but they'll build like if there is a aircraft in the view, they'll build half of it to where the front portion, whatever the actors are interacting with, they're interacting with in real life. Yeah. But when it takes off and everything, that is all just CGI. That is all just what's on the big screen in the back. Mm-hmm. So it's really, I, I really, really hope that it's a definitely a technology that can be utilized immensely because then not only, because uh, also you, you have to realize that like it, it's also making it so much easier. And like, for example, if you wanted to film in, let's say, areas that are facing climate issues or areas that are facing destruction instead of sending an entire crew out there or even into dangerous areas all you would need to do is really just send out a videographer to capture the footage 
and then hire the the game generator artists to create it and adapt it into everything else. Right. Yeah. So I, I think it's it's a brilliant, brilliant piece of technology that I think we're going to be seeing a lot more. I mean, I think Disney's got their grips onto it, but um, I think we'll be seeing that a lot, a lot more. But that that's where I think for before, like three years ago, if you had said like, oh, yeah, no, there's never going to be a movie as good as Jaws. I would have agreed. But now, hopefully, with new minds and new technology, there actually could be. Because I do think Jaws should remain a classic, but it shouldn't remain a monopoly in its field. I agree. I think, you know, it's funny because the shark genre started with Jaws. And to be honest, it stays at Jaws. Shark Week would not exist if it wasn't for Jaws. Yeah. So he, like, in all honesty, created this whole genre. And he created the summer blockbuster, you know, the fact that people, you know, normally you had Halloween, you had themed movies like Christmas and like mostly people were going out in the pools and stuff like that for the summer. And he created a whole genre and a whole reason why to come back in out of the pool and stuff like that from the summer, you know, during the summertime. Yeah, it's it's extremely impressive how well this movie Mm -hmm. did. And because now we look at shark movies and we're like, oh. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna waste my time and go watch to go watch the Meg. You know what I mean? Oh god. Years I ago. watched that in a movie, God, and for some reason everyone was laughing. I was like, why are you like like it wasn't like everyone was laughing as if what they saw was not like, oh my god, that's cringy. Everyone was sawing like every dumb joke that was made. Every like you would hear people like ah! I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Like, it was so nauseating. And it was a packed theater. I literally had to sit up front. Like, so not only were my ears bleeding, because you just had these large group of women just going, "Ah, but I was also like, the screen was at a 90 degree angle from my eyes. So I was just standing up with like my neck pivoted the entire time. It was not a fun experience. Why was the theater packed for the Met? Anyway. I don't know. I don't know. One of the things that separates Jaws 2 is the fact that Jaws actually has a story and a really good story behind it. And as where the other shark movies are literally, the plot is about escaping the shark and that is it. Yeah. Trapped, gotta get away from, that is every shark movie ever where Spielberg like gave it a story. And like I said, it died with Spielberg, it died with Jaws. And it should yeah. have. It definitely should not have. No, and I do think, to, like, I, I, I completely agree. And not only that, but I feel like a lot of these subsequent, like, shark movies don't take itself seriously. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's bad when it's not needed. Like, you want to create a comical shark horror film, do it, but do it with that intent. Don't give me the Meg is all I'm asking for. <laughs> Sharknado. Oh, God. At least, okay, here's the thing. I can appreciate Sharknado because Sharknado does not take itself seriously in any single way, shape, or form. No, do we need 15 Sharknado? Okay, but also, have you heard the Sharknado theme song? Yes. It's so good. Sharknado by uh, Offspring. It's a classic. I listen to it regularly. (laughs) Well... Anyway. It's got such dumb lyrics, too. It's like, because it's bigger than big, big, taller than tall, but like, it's so dumb. It's not like it's not a lot of substance to it, but it's still like I can see why people would enjoy it. 
because it's meant to be enjoyed that way. Whereas Jaws, you're meant to be scared. You're meant to be scared by. Well, Jaws also has an iconic score. When you hear it, you know exactly where it's coming from. Like, you know exactly what that music is, and it's Jaws. And I think very few movies have that. Yeah, and I think also, like, it really is just, like, the amount of, like, You can really like just appreciate the film for the dedication it made just to making the animatronic and to making it as realistic as possible. Because even still, like an animatronic like that holds up. Yeah. Like I I was still watching it and like watching it just like a few hours ago. And I was thinking like, that's that's still a really good animatronic. Like it really holds up to even the technology standard back then and now in terms of animatronics. It's really, really good. Uh, no. And then to also stick an animatronic in water and have it completely functional is insane. Agreed. Agreed. Um, the story, the plot is very good and the actors are also very good. I, I really like the idea of this one person trying to save a whole town because of a shark like that's that's awesome to me i literally texted you during it i was like this whole thing kind of reminds me too much of covid where it's like please stop the numbers the numbers it's like it's summer we don't care about the numbers and stuff like that like i was like wow this is 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 covid our shark yeah really it really is on amityville island crying of how stupid everyone is anyway well i agree i i like almost every character in the movie though yeah they're all different they all have their own um they're all very different and they're not what i like too is that they have likable and unlikable qualities which i think make them very realistic um and i i have to give it to the actors because not only did they do a great job at that but to also um, get on the boat and even though like I'm sure they were safe and everything but to like just chill on a sinking boat is still great like it's still like they really like for them contributing to their own stunts and everything it makes it even more realistic like the fact that like when that that rope was tugging the boat and like everything was dipping and you see all three actors still there doing yeah. their thing it, it makes like because you you not only get a sense where it's like oh my god these characters are in danger but you have this little voice in the back of your head that goes oh my god the actors are in danger the real people yeah yes for sure um one of the scenes it's it's not on the boat but it's the it's the scene where it's like the fourth of july and what is his his son is like in this little pool area and they're on the surfboard and all mm-hmm. of a sudden, the surfboard just flips over and the kids go off. I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, my God. I hope these kids know how to swim because yeah, flipped off that surfboard. But there was a lot of scenes in that movie where I'm like, you know, a lot of people could have gotten hurt, like, many different times. Even in the, the, the beginning. Yeah. How about that like, one guy who was like, who saw a shark, didn't say shark. Instead, he just tossed a bunch of kids off a raft and just blew right through them. I think that's the scene I'm talking about. Oh, you're talking about the guy who flips over the raft, or are you talking about when the, sh- the 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 boat just tips over? No, 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 no. The boat. I'm talking about the other thing. You're right. You're right. 
Okay, because there's one part where the guy, he just sees it, doesn't scream shark or anything, just literally tips a little child's raft over <laughs> and the kids just fall in and he starts swimming on top of them just trying to get through. Yeah, so <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, oh, wait, 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 wait. Before we continue, you know, can I tell my famous shark story? Yeah, sure. Okay. I think I've told you this one before. Um, Fun fact. I went to, I believe it was Discovery Cove, where you got to do like a swim with the fishes type of thing. And it was very, it was safe-ish, but it was like the type of thing where it was like, okay, you float on top of the water. You don't submerge fully. You just float. The currents carry you and you cannot make any motions or moves. If something is wrong, you put one hand up in the air and a lifeguard will come and get you. But if not, you just keep floating along. You can't scream. You can't flail because it's it's still dangerous. There were like things that could bite you and stuff like that. So I'm there and I'm like enjoying it. I'm seeing all the coral reefs. And I'm like, whoa, this is so cool. And then I feel something stab me in my gooch. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I didn't know. I'm like 12 years old. I don't know how to comprehend it. So I immediately feel out. And what do I do? I tilt my head downward to kind of see my floating body. What happens though? A hammerhead shark bumps his nose into my shin, forces my neck up, and I feel his dorsal fin just cut me (laughs) from the gooch to the mouth. Like full, like those fins are tough. Let me tell you. Those fins are, like, imagine taking an oar and just <laughs> rubbing it against your body. And I, I didn't wave my hand. All I did was, <laughs> I screamed internally as loud as I could because it terrified me. I mean, no joke, I had a hammerhead shark rub itself against me, and it was creepy, and it was weird, and so... Luckily, though, like, no, uh, my mom, like, my mom literally, like, she didn't know what to do because she looked over and then she sees the shark rubbing itself against me. <laughs> and she's just like, my daughter's gone. That's it. And so she's waving her hand, doesn't point in my direction or anything because I'm frozen. I'm frozen. And so they go assist her and they're like, what's wrong? And she goes, no, it's my daughter. There's a shark rubbing against her. Help her. And so they kind of like meet me, like, the shark eventually moves after it's gone through and then they immediately grab me and I'm like and they're like what happened and from the inner corner of my thigh I was just beat red and up to my chest and neck because of how hard this dude was putting pressure against me was it just trying to like beat you up no I think it was trying to size up to me you know like I think it was just like let's see like I think it was like (laughs) let's see how big this girl is because I was a chunky kid I think it was like let's see how big this kid is and so it kind of did like its own little size comparison with its dorsal fin but that's kind of cute dude no it was like six (laughs) feet it was six feet it was it it was it was was still a baby hold on hold on it was like not a baby it dude it wasn't like a little mako it wasn't like a little thing that you can get at pet smart and stuff i don't know why i'm thinking it was like smaller i don't know why i'm I'm not picturing a big shark well not a big one let me let me tell you what the average size of a baby hammerhead is because that's scary now i understand i'm like oh it's a little baby shark no no 
Yeah, no, they're about, um, <laughs> yeah, when they're born, they're usually, uh, like, six feet. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm when they're, like, born and, like, first being born, they're usually, like, like when they're, like, not fully all the way, because they, like, they end at, like, ten feet. So this one was six feet, really just having a time. <laughs> It was terrifying. So it was terrifying. But I will always have that shark story. I'm so sorry that was your experience at Discovery Cove. That's. I mean, I think I still had a good time. So I, th- I, I can't remember anything else from that day. I only remember the shark. <laughs> but hey, if you're in the area and it's not COVID, go to Discovery Code. Cove. Yeah, go to Discovery Cove. Yeah, I might, though. I might. Just not go in the water. Dude, I, I related so much to the sheriff, the main character. I'm one of those people that don't like the ocean. It scares me. Oh. I don't have to. I go to the beach and I sit. Put my feet in. I'm a reader. I'm a studious beach goer. I just read. Why don't we go to the beach together? Because everyone's pressuring me to go in the ocean every time I go. And no, we don't understand that. The, The only thing I like doing in the ocean, I only like going to beaches or ocean or lakes with crazy waves and the reason why i say that is not because i like surfing but i like doing a little something i call body surfing where as a kid i strapped on some goggles i went to where like you know like when the tide rolls up yeah like up to the shore yeah i would just ride that in and start flopping on the (laughs) on the shores like a little fish and then i would like to be carried back into the wave and just be regurged by the ocean were you all right Mentally, no. Physically, I was okay. I got like I would always, I would always lose my top. I would always lose my top. I've never been in an ocean once where I've never lost a part of my bikini. I've never, and I would wear full body suits too. So that's saying a lot. But I, I would just like riding with the waves. Okay. It was a fun experience because I'd be like, wow, like and seeing all this stuff. Meanwhile, I'm literally rolling in like shells and stuff like that as I'm being thrown onto the beach. Dude, let's go to the beach together. Cause okay, I I went to Aruba. I wouldn't stay in the water for more than like twenty minutes. I don't like the. Ocean. You got to body surf. You got to body surf. You got to get a, a nice, comfy bathing suit. Nice, comfy bathing suit, and just what like it, it's got to be like when I say like rolling tides, like where it like you know like you can get like you know like when you're in the ocean and like a wave comes and like it shoots you up like three feet in the air and you come back down. Yeah. Yeah, like that's the type of waters I look for. I don't know. I'm, I'm my parents. My parents always bring me to weak beaches. I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, what was I gonna say? What do you? Okay, <laughs> it's hard to come back from a conversation <laughs> like that. On track. Um, who's your favorite character in the movie? Who do you like? Who's who's a uh, who's your number? I do like the sheriff. I do like the sheriff, but I think I liked um the complexity behind Hooper. I liked Hooper a lot because he kind of came in first as like this little, hi, I work for the oceanography team. (laughs) And then like, you know, he's calling the shots in the end and he's, he's, he's putting on like big boy pants and raising up the voice and stuff to these two older guys. So I thought I, I, I just, I like Richard Dreyfuss as an actor. So he was partially like personally, like one of my favorites. Um, Shaw, Robert Shaw was great. Um, I think also what made it great, because I was reading 
some trivia about the movie. And so apparently um, uh, Shaw and Roy Schneider did not get along because Shaw was a drunk. But that also made for great tension because majority of the time they were being tense with each other. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would have to say that Richard Dreyfuss is my favorite. I have a crush on him now. I'm just going to say it. What? I saw Jaws again. And then I watched Close Encounters. Of the it was the Night. denim. It was the denim on denim, right? Because I was looking at that going like, damn, that's a sharp denim. That's, it looks good on him. So it looks Jaws good. Dreyfuss, my new crush. Wow. I know. Wow. I liked his beard too, I think. But isn't he old there too? Oh, I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to judge. He is old, but you know I have some strange, like. Look, look, I'm, okay, here's the thing. Your crushes don't make sense. My crushes are dead. <laughs> So it really, I also like, we have, what was that? That's why we're best friends. We have very strange taste in men. But like, I think what my issue is, is that normally girls, and I mean this in the most respectful and kind way, you are very gorgeous. Thank you. So are you. But the men that you like in the Hollywood world are like fives (laughs) and you're over here popping out of 10 and it's just it's just a weird juxtaposition it's just a weird just a juxtaposition you know like normally and also normally girls like like the guys that are unrealistically good looking like the zac efron's and you know things like that but you're over here lowballing it it's you know (laughs) i could say the same thing for you you're very pretty and you have some very you're also a 10 and some of the men that you bring up i don't even like who i don't know how to rate them like who uh no you're gonna get mad at me if i say it who i never understood Haley joel osmond for one is because you know I have a thing that look like di- guys who look like different fonts of my boyfriend. Yeah, but I think Zach is a cutie patootie. And so is Haley. Haley just looks like his older, heavier cousin. Right. I'm into that. If I'm into Zach, I'm into Haley. I, no, I copy paste no, different font. That, though. It's the same paragraph, just we're going from Ariel to Times New Roman. But then do you like Tom Cruise? Yeah. He liked, okay, that, all right, I understand. (laughs) It's very also hard to explain how, for people who haven't seen my boyfriend, how he literally looks like 13 different celebrities at once. If I, if we have to narrow it down to one, it's Tom Cruise, but he also looks like a lot of people. It's, it's Haley Joel Osment, Jim Morrison, Max Theria, a little bit of Chris Pratt, like just a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, we gotta get him on the podcast at some point, but... We will, we will. I don't know why I go for the guys I go for. It's just something clicks in my head one night, and I'm like, you know what? Like, all the guys you like in the Hollywood world, I could see you either, like, 
saying like, oh my God, like this guy asked me out on a date at like the bowling alley or the (laughs) library. (laughs) You know, not like at the club, at some high restaurant or anything like that. Just like at a bowling alley. We're like some of the same people. We like who we we like Ewan McGregor. Yeah, I mean, it's Ewan McGregor, though. Yeah, but he's, like, older now. But don't, like, okay, but you, like, which I could see a young Defoe. Yeah, young Defoe. Everybody hates on me for Defoe, but I I think he's distinguished. Don't you also like Pete Davidson? Stop. That's... (laughs) I like different eras of Pete Davidson. He, the dude's like 25. How can you like errors of him? Because sometimes he's, he just looks a little crazy. And sometimes he doesn't. Yeah. Sometimes he's got, <laughs> he looks like he's got his life together. Sometimes he doesn't. I also like Ra- Rami Malik. And everybody doesn't understand that one too. Uh, he was in Bohemian Rhapsody. Do you like Jeff Goldblum? Young Jeff Goldblum. I know it. Park. I know it. What's up with you and guys with weird eyes? <laughs> My husband has really big eyes. <laughs> I like very, uh, I like very skinny. You like guys who would play lizards in animation <laughs> films. I apologize also this one. <laughs> I don't, I do have a thing for very large eyes. I just have a thing for celebrities. <laughs> like literally if any guy like pre-dating Zach. If anyone was like, hi, and looked vaguely like a celebrity, I'd be like, I'm in. But I will say, you, like, Zach is a perfect manifestation for all the celebrities. <laughs> no, I, 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 I like, know! Really- I literally, like, like, I, like, there's so many, like, all, like, it's so funny, because all the guys I have liked over all the years has I literally just... No, wait a minute. I remember a weird one that you liked. I remember. Okay. You like Post Malone. Who doesn't, though? He's a gentleman. Stephanie. Don't come at me. Don't come at me with Posty. I will defend him. All right, but come on. Come on. Look, I mean, he's got a great persona. You're very beautiful, and Post Malone is not very beautiful. I'm sure he's very lovely as a person. He seems so sweet. He's Give Posty a chance. He's very lovely, but like... If we ever meet Post Malone, I'm going to look at him in the face and be like, she don't pass the vibe check. No, I'm, I'm going to be like, you're a very lovely person. It's just the tattoos on your face and the teeth. But, you know. You can always cover tattoos. You can't cover lizard <laughs> eyes. Whatever. I named a weird one that you liked. Yeah, but, like, it's not, like, he's not, like, my top ten. He's just, like, someone, like, if I met at, like, a concert, I'd be like, heck, yeah. (laughs) But what's my top ten? We got Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando is my... Marlon Brando is the peak. We got Tom Cruise, specifically Tom Cruise, in The Last Samurai. Oh, the best Tom Cruise. The best. The best Tom Cruise. We got Max Theriot from Bates Motel. We got Haley Joel Osment. Okay. I also have, you know, I have a deep rooted personal connection to Haley Joel Osment too. Yes. So that's a pass. I like Elaine DeLone, obviously. 
Oh well, of course. You like? I like uh, Pratt. I like. I like. Big Trouble Little China. What's his name? Oh, Kurt. Oh, I love Kurt. I love Kurt with my heart and soul. But you see, like, if you literally take a portion out of each of those guys and you incubate it and make a baby, it's my boyfriend. He does look like a lot of those people. He looks like all of them. All of them in different fonts. (laughs) All of them. I think maybe it's just German. Maybe like all of them have like a German aspect about them. Maybe. I thought, no, Zach is German, right? Yeah. So You don't know. Okay. Well, he, <laughs> he, he's something. So um, He's something. He's Caucasian. But then also remember, not to be like too out there, but, you know, there's a different possibilities from where my boyfriend hails from. So I always okay. go like, you know, you could technically <laughs> be related to Tom Cruise. You just don't know it yet. Where is this review going? <laughs> Where did we go? Down the toilet. But it's fine. It's totally fine. We got into um, Richard's. I, I just mentioned Rich, Richard Dreyfus, and then we started talking about our taste in men. It's fine. They get to know a little bit more about us. And plus, phew, technology. They can always skip that portion and get right back into it. So, overall, okay, Jaws. Yeah. Jaws is great. Jaws is quality. Every character has some type of personal dilemma. You see them grow. The plot is great. Shark is scary. Still a good movie after 45 years. I give it a 9.5. Ooh, wow. I rewatch Jaws like multiple times a year. Okay, I can see that. It's got a great rewatchability. It really has a great rewatchability. I Um, love the movie. I'm going to say that it is, in my book, uh, a solid eight. Um, Yeah, because it's good. It's not poltergeist good, though. So, eight. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, yeah. But there's a lot of, like, I I think this movie is so cool, too, because there's so many different interesting facts about it. Yeah. Um, Like, not only, like, with the whole hubcap and, you know, all the little techniques and stuff like that that they used. Um, but one thing I just really like, because I hope Spielberg was very proud of this moment. So, you know, in the beginning, when we first see Roy Schneider at the beach and like the first victim is being like it, it killed in front of or the second victim rather is being killed in front of him by the shark. Yeah. You know, the little clarinet that goes. <laughs> That's Spielberg. He plays the clarinet. Can you- I could imagine him being just so proud. Being that like, should be yes, his accomplishments. Yes. I'd be proud too. Good for him. Good for him. The the shark. Uh, do you know what the shark's name is? Bruce. No. Yeah, that's. that's been... Yeah. No, it is, and that's why they named the shark Bruce in Finding Nemo. That's what. There. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the movie made a killing when it first came out. It really, I think, it made. I think it at least made four times more, at least, at least four times more than the budget that it had. Yeah. Um, if you guys have the DVD or Blu-ray, I know a lot of them come with Jaws, like the documentary, how the movie was made. Definitely watch mm-hmm. it. It's worth the hour or two for sure. Yeah. And I think also one of the, and just to kind of show like how 
because we were talking about like practical effects and how it can be a little bit dangerous. So in the beginning, when that woman is actually being tossed around in the water by the shark, um, she's actually being pulled on a rope. She pretty much has like a belt around her. And on either side is a rope and people were tugging her. The thing is, is that on each side was a 300 pound weight. Oh my God. So when she was being tugged, each side having like a crewman like tugging to give her like that jagged effect instead of just like slowly being pulled over and everything, it really, really like gashed her. Mm. The rope around her body and everything gashed her. So when she's screaming and stuff, it's actually because she's in pain, which I mean is a spooky little element about it, but I can see why films haven't done things like that Jaws has done. Oh, no. No, ethically, they can't, for sure. Oh, and also, one of my favorite trivias about this movie is the fact that years after the movie came out, um, the woman who plays Mrs. Kinter, you know, the the boy who was killed by the shark? So she went into a, a restaurant, right? And there was a sandwich on it called Alex Kinter's Sandwich. And she t- spoke to the... The, the hostess and pretty much was like, hey, I actually played Alex Kenter's mother on in Jaws. And the the owner ran out and it actually was the boy who played Alex Kenter. And they hadn't so seen each other since the filming. That is adorable. That's an awesome story. Yeah, so I thought that was really cool. I mean, like, what a small coincidence, too. Yeah. Very nice. Um, all right, Steph. What do we got going for next week? What are the Ooh, yes. So for next week, so we're going to be spacing out our uh, Spielberg film. So let's see what we got for next week. So yes, we got two short films and a Spielberg movie. So the Spielberg movie we're going to be talking about next is Poltergeist. Woo! Even though it's not directed by him, but I still claim it as a Spielberg film because I believe it's it. still one of his best. But uh, Poltergeist. Uh, then we're going to be watching uh, two short films. One of them called an American short film um, called Four Quarters, and the other being a oh god, what's that? What's that female French director's name? Agnes Varda. Agnes That's Varda. Exactly we're going to. I was thinking of. So we wait. Who were you thinking of? Her when you said French oh okay, character. I was like oh it's the cute little I know who yeah yeah and with the I love her hairstyle with the little red and like the white on top it's so yeah. cute but um we're gonna be watching her film uh Les Three Boutons and then after that we'll be hitting Close Encounter of the third time we might we might we might we might get to one more Spielberg film after that but it's been undecided but at some point before the end of the year we will actually be getting into the forty seven Ronin part one and two exciting the original the original not not that no 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 not that new new age stuff (laughs) we only do classics here on purple we we only do the good stuff here and then um to look forward to in december we actually have (gasps) savannah's birthday coming up so that'll be her pick that's gonna be a fun week too because we should be able in December, towards the end of it, hopefully, fingers crossed, we should be able to pack on a few more films since we'll be out of school by that time. Very true. Very true. Exciting. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. So um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, we, I personally have been a little inconsistent with writers on the score. Forgive me. Exams are killing me. But 
you can expect either on Tuesdays and Thursdays, Writer on the Score and Savannah's Bit, The Good, The Bad, and The Unboxing. Um, if it's going to be posted, it's going to be posted on that days. If not, tune in the following week. Um, yeah. It's also available on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Um, and once again, if you've listened to all of this so far, and if you're not subscribed on YouTube, why? Why? Just click. That's just it. Click. That's it. That's it. You don't need to subscribe to the bell. Just click. Just, just, just click subscribe. That's it. That's all. That's Quick. all. Thank you for that. But uh, yeah. So next time when you guys hear us, it will be Poltergeist, less three boot downs and four quarters. Before we go. Quick oh, shout what? out to homeboy James and Sensei. Oh my God. I almost always. forgot how, how cruel, how cruel of me to almost okay. forget. Love you guys. Homeboy James and Sensei David, we love you. Our number one fan. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. See ya.